0: The party began here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch college basketball. I,
1: I would argue you can't find a better one. Three
2: on the way. Bulls! Ah! I feel the electricity in the house. The
0: passion. It's a wall of oh, sound. Here and back.
1: It is Boiler Craig.
0: they got a wall about you. for three.
2: This is the Boiler Ball Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Episode 93 here on the Boilerball Podcast. And today we have our first installment of the 2023-24 season, first senior installment. We welcome Chase Martin to the podcast. Chase, thanks for joining us today. No, no problem. Six seniors on this year's team. Pretty crazy. We were just talking about that before we started uh, taping. Um, Chase obviously, Carson Barrett, Lance Jones our fifth-year guy, Zach Eady, Mason Gillis, and Ethan Morton. So,
2: Bloom, I can remember not that long ago we had zero seniors. Zero. You remember on senior night the only ones we had to honor were the managers. We had a couple senior managers. Now we have six of them.
0: Outside of the studio here we have a wall of senior uh, portraits from Senior Day that span the uh, Coach Painter's tenure and uh that year is missing up there no, <laughs> there are no, no seniors <laughs> no uh, picture up there on that for that year so a little bit different this year six seniors so we always make sure we talk to our outgoing seniors and uh we're getting to chase today so uh chase i don't know where we start with you a lot of things i want to talk to you about uh first of all you're uh, obviously the son of Conzo martin that played here in the mid-90s won a couple big 10 titles went on to a successful coaching career as an assistant coach here. Uh you've lived a lot of places growing up. Yep. Uh where were where were you born? You were born here? Yes, I was born myself, yeah. Okay, so it came full circle. Then you come back and and play here. So, earliest memories of uh West Lafayette?
1: Um I don't really remember living here cuz I remember we moved down to Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Right when I was 4. Okay. Four, 3 or 4? Yep. Because uh, I know mom worked at Lilly, and yep. dad worked here, so that was just willing to commute. So most of my memories of Indiana or Indianapolis or when we drive up for games. I do remember driving up for games. We drove up every home game. I remember I didn't really pay attention to the games at all. <laughs> I'd be more interested in fighting my brother <laughs> than watching the game. But um, yeah, I do remember getting in trouble a lot at the games.
0: You're a middle child, right? Older brother Josh and younger sister what do they say about middle kids i don't know if there's a Uh,
2: well i was the oldest of three
0: i was the oldest as well so i don't don't know know what
2: they say maybe the
0: middle guy just gets in trouble all the time huh
1: well i I didn't i did growing (laughs) up i didn't get in trouble quite a bit. but i kind of uh uh you know chilled out as i got older matured
0: (laughs) a little bit so you guys were here, uh, living in on the north side of Indy. Mom working Indy, coach, uh, your dad coaching here as an assistant. At the end of Coach Katie's tenure, and then Coach Painter comes aboard. Um, we have some success uh, with the baby boilers, get things going, and then uh, your dad gets the head coaching job at Missouri State. So then you guys are packing up and moving. Do you remember that? Do you remember the time when he came in and said, "Hey, we're uh, we're moving." I do remember that. I remember. <laughs>
1: I remember I I cried because my grandma was there, because I believe mom and dad went to Springfield to basically just confirm that he was going to go to the job, so my grandma was staying with us, and they came back and told me that we're uh, moving, so I remember our cousins lived in the same neighborhood Uh as us at that time, so I remember I said, I'm not leaving. (laughs) I remember that day that I ran over to their house, and I stayed for them for the afternoon, and then towards the end of the night, I was like, yeah, I I just want to go see my mom, so... <laughs> I end up leaving, so I, that plan kind of fell through. I, I wouldn't, I didn't stay in Indy, obviously. Were you school aged at that point? Had you? Were yeah, you? I was in um, kindergarten at that. point. Okay, so
0: it just started. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, gotcha. And that's pretty cool. Lived by your cousins. I'm sure you guys were mm-hmm. like every day. Yeah, hanging. every day.
1: They lived. Um, they lived probably like a couple blocks away. You cut through the forest to get to them. So I we'd probably hang out with them every weekend at least some weekdays they because we went to the same school so we had the same school schedules we lived not too far apart so we spent a lot of time over there and there was a lot of kids in our neighborhood at around our age so we spent a lot of time outside together so that was nice
0: so you make that move to Springfield and then you're there it's just a year right three Oh, three years? Mm-hmm. Boy, I yeah, that was, good job, Bloom. Good research. <laughs> Way to do it. I your gotta research. talk to our research assistant. <laughs> yes. we might be posting an opening for a research assistant here pretty soon. It's
2: throwing out fake news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> three years. So, so, uh, so, Zoe gets there, gets things going. How was Springfield your three years? I mean, again, you were a young kid, but yeah,
1: uh, I like Springfield. I was just, what first, second, third grade. So, um, I don't know. I. I a little bit just because I was bad, just bad, poorly <laughs> behaved, school, at home, so that was a little bit of a struggle for me, but I always did well in my classes, so that was a positive. I was a, they knew I was a smart kid, but I just didn't know how to control myself in the classroom. I started getting the basketball a little bit more there, so I was good, made a lot of good friends. I mm-hmm. didn't just, just getting ready to ask you about that. At what point did the basketball bug get you? Uh, I played here. I played it, I started playing in Indianapolis. Um, I forgot, I don't know where we played at. I'd have to... I think it's still on the north side of the town, but I I I really don't know where we played at. But I played a little bit of basketball, but I started playing a lot more in like organized basketball. And when I got to Springfield, like we were on a travel te- not travel team, but we played people in the local Southern Missouri region.
0: Yeah, and then uh, were you right away? Did you were you good right away? Did were you just an average player? Did you? Um, did you have a sense of
1: how good you were compared to everybody? Or are you just out there having fun. I was actually uh, pretty good. I was bigger uh, than most people, so and I was pretty fat. I was pretty athletic. I've always been pretty athletic, so I, and I, it helped I was bigger at that time. So I, I knew I was pretty good, and our, our team was pretty good. We had a couple good kids from around that area, so we won a decent amount. We had a good team, so I think that was a good beginning to finding my love for basketball you know just ha- playing with people who I liked and also being good because I know like losses and stuff like that could be discouraging early but we were a pretty good team had pretty good kids so it's like just helped cultivate that love so I think that was where I really started to find out that I really like basketball in Springfield playing with kids I like being good at basketball
0: just as you start getting comfortable in Springfield and everything and settling in then uh uh you guys win the league that year, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal. I remember kind of watching that celebration and watching uh, the the arena that night when you guys won the regular season championship. How was that? Did you get a sense like as you started to get older and get into your dad's teams? Did you did you, was that a pretty cool experience? To
1: yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the first time they won in the Missouri Valley. So that was pretty cool. Um, me and my friend Shaylen, uh, son of Coach Woodbury. Yep. Yeah, yeah, is um. We actually rushed the court that night. <laughs> he, he talked me into rushing the court that night, so it was fun. But, um, yeah, it's just, um, I, you know, I didn't really understand at, at, when we were at Purdue just because I was so young. But, sure. like, once we got the Missouri State, I started getting more invested, wins and losses, trying to, like, you know, rooting for them. I thought they were going to make the tournament that year. They'd done so well. I got their net net ranking that year but they they won a lot of games they beat uh, Northern Iowa yeah. they beat Creighton when they were good Wishing, Wichita State was good in there
0: I remember that I remember that court storm that's the, kind of the vision when I think about that year I remember that oh. and uh, I remember them winning the championship we, of course we felt great for for Zoe and for you guys and, and uh, for him having success there and then what normally happens when you have success at that level is the bigger schools come calling and uh, Tennessee calls and uh you guys make the move to knoxville so mm-hmm. do you remember going through that
1: yeah same same kind of idea our grandma was staying with us so I, didn't, <laughs> you, I didn't you had didn't, a flashback <laughs> yeah <and laughs> I, I didn't really have the heads up at that time because nobody really told me at that time what they were going to do or and kids at my age that hadn't really gotten wind of like oh your dad's looking for another job you know because we're all in second third grade so it's like that's not the most important thing in the world at that time well good that that would
0: i wish i could go to those those Mm. times where i just am isolated (laughs) in my own little world that would be nice to be detached sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah so it it did kind of take me by surprise i was pretty upset too because you know it's like you build you're building like a life there you have friends i mean you have people you like you like your teachers you like your school you play basketball uh, you like your sports team, and then you have to move again. So it's like, oh, well, it was hard on me. I'm sure it was hard on my brother and my sister. Well, my sister less much, cause she was obviously at that younger age, like three or four years old. So she doesn't did, remember as much, but it's still hard.
2: Did you understand the enormity of the uh, uh, the the benefit for your dad to move up to high major college basketball? Or at that age, is like, hey, it's college basketball is college basketball. Why do we have to move? We just we should just coach this team forever.
1: Yeah, it's a, it, it didn't really like resonate with me just cuz I was so young. I was more focused on myself. And I think that's more psychological than anything. I've, I like that you're more self-centered when you're younger. You yeah. don't really think about the grand scope of things. Like looking back on it now, it's like it was obviously great for him cuz he had he had a great coaching. He's had a great, great coaching career and it started at Missouri State, led to Tennessee, Cal, and then Mizzou. But it, you don't really have that perspective when you're younger. It's like it's all It more feels like they're doing it to you rather than for you. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Yeah, that's a great call. call.
0: It seems like I, when I was thinking about your that journey, the journey you've been on through coaching, through being the son of a coach, and through basketball and everything, it reminds me kind of uh, like an army family. Mm -hmm. You know, that has to move a lot. You know, I always hear those stories about that. Where you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, we moved here, moved here, had to go to this base, went over to Germany, came back, that kind of stuff. So forces you to uh forces you to be i guess i guess nimble ad- to adapting to your environment and making new friends and things like that is there something you look back on you think and that was actually beneficial and even though it was like i cried at the time and i didn't yeah. want to go but now i look back and it probably paid off in some way
1: yeah i'd say i'm pretty adaptable to new situations now like meeting new people i'd say moving to college wasn't as big of an experience for me just because of it. So I'm thankful for that. But at the same time, it's like, it was still hard for me, you know, like, because my parents always credit me for being able to meet new people and being personable. But still at the same time, it's like, I didn't really want to. Yeah. Yeah. So Basketball like, helps though, right? Yeah, I mean, I, that's the common denominator. That Yeah, basketball helps because you're going to meet new people through that. You're gonna yeah. Meet, yeah. So, I, oh, most of my friends, wherever I went, were basketball, basketball guys. I mean, obviously I had friends in school, but most of my, closest friends everywhere I went were basketball. People I played basketball with, so that really helped me. So what was Knoxville like? Oh, uh, Knoxville was different. It was w- way different than uh, Missouri <laughs> State. Yeah. The atmosphere around there was crazy. I mean, thompson Bowling Arena sits 25,000 Neyland yeah. St- Stadium sits 115, so going to those football games it was compared to Missouri State was insane. And <laughs> basketball games when it got sold out against the Kentucky, it was it was crazy. It's like um it was like a whole different world. I was like Man, all these people are coming out to support my dad and his team. So it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, football game days would be waking up on that first Saturday had to be pretty pretty shocking. wasn't,
1: yeah, because we got to sit in the box. But even when you're in the box, it's just it was like deafening every time it was a big play because uh, hundred fifteen thousand. That's a lot of people in one stadium.
0: When I uh, left Purdue as a student, Coach Tiller had things rolling, and mm-hmm. game days were a big deal and the you know the tailgating scene and a full house and all that stuff and then my first year away from Purdue I worked at Kansas and they were not very good <laughs> and I show so the first game day I wake up and I'm like, oh, game day. You know, nothing like the first game day of the year. You're all excited and everything. And I had, I was working the game up in the press box. And I go to my car and I'm driving in. I'm like, boy, I better give myself plenty of time. <laughs> boy, I zip right through there. I was so early. To <laughs> there was nobody there. I thought, what in the <laughs> heck is going on? So you went the opposite route. You went from being, you know, a mid-major that, or even, I don't know what they would be one called. Double it, a. One AA. One AA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, to then elevate to not only Division One, but, but SEC top of the pack, yes. top five stadium size, right. you know, D one. So, was the football team any good when you were there?
1: Um, when we were there, they weren't as good. Coach Dooley was the coach when we got there. Oh, okay. So they weren't. They were. Um, they were like middle of the pack of the SEC, and then Coach Bush Jones was there towards the end of when my dad was there, and they started getting better when Bush Jones was there. I think they started getting ranked bowl games towards the end of that, but it, it, the support was still the same regardless if they were winning or losing. It was always almost a full house pretty much every time. So uh, that's just how they show out for sports down there in uh, SEC.
0: Then uh, how many years were was Knoxville? Three. Three, three in Knoxville. Um, then the move way out west mm-hmm. out to Cal Berkeley and University of California. Um so again I, I it sounds like a broken record here but same situation uh just this, got it came in and like hey uh, pack
1: up it was rolling. a little different because at that point in time um i was more cognizant of like what was going on in college basketball because i was really i was pretty invested in my dad's teams and how they do and i was friends with not friends but like i talked to the guys on the team it was like josh Ridson, jordan McRae, jarnell stokes yeah john mayman like they were good college players Someone went out in the B. I mean, Josh Richardson's still in the NBA. Jordan, uh, Jordan McCray won an NBA championship. So it's like, uh, I was invested in, because he obviously they had good players, they had good teams. So I was invested in that. And so I'd start to hear rumors at school, because obviously uh, at that age, it was middle school when we left. So kids were more invested in it too, like, especially in a sports town like that, Knoxville. Yeah. So kids are like invested in it, like, oh, I hear your dad's visiting Marquette. And I was like, oh, he's not going to Marquette. And uh, he did, ended up didn't end up going to Marquette. And they were like, oh, I heard he's going to Cal Berkeley. And I was like, oh, I don't think he's going to California. And I actually found out while we were on a field trip. <laughs> they had to call me. So I was hard. Wow. Do you remember where the field trip was to? It was to the um, Huntsville, Alabama space Oh yeah, the NASA, yeah the NASA in Huntsville, yeah, yeah. So a real field trip, not just yeah. going to the local no. park. You were <laughs> right. You were on the yeah. road. Well, yeah, we were on the road. I remember getting that call. I was pretty. I was pretty upset.
0: And and you were at the age there where obviously you're starting to become aware. You you talked about you know relationships with the players and things like that. Um, did you catch any flack from your fellow classmates? Because most people, I would think, in that town, you know you. Oh, yeah. And they're
2: locked in. I mean, they know what's going on. Coach is leaving, yeah, so they take it out on you, yeah.
1: I mean, not really like five, but like, man, your dad's leaving kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because they had done well that year. They went to Sweet 16. I thought they should have went to Elite 8. They Mm -hmm. lost on that uh, charge call, Jordan Morgan.
0: So, here's the story with that. And I want to hear your version. (laughs) Yes, nice. We were over at Coach Painter's house watching that game Mm -hmm. in the basement as a staff. Because, obviously – for, for for your dad to get through to the Elite Eight and that call happens and there were so many profanities being <laughs> expressed <laughs> and of course we knew some of the reps names and I don't remember who they were now and we're yelling at that TV i have never I don't think a TV's been yelled at more <laughs> than it was that night uh, and obviously a tough ending and on a bad call um, but what was that like seeing that in the stands Oh, it was
1: it was heartbreaking because yeah. like um, I I don't know how much they were down at halftime. It was like fifteen, seventeen points they were down. And Josh Richardson got hot at uh, second half. Jordan McRae started making shots, so they cut it down to one. They were turning Michigan over. I remember Spike was on that team. I remember giving him shit about that. I was like, "You guys <laughs> went, off <laughs> of <bullshit> calls, right? <laughs> went off a bullshit call. Went <laughs> off a bullshit call." It's crazy thing about it. Spike was my GA when I was a uh, and he was playing. I was probably eleven, twelve at that time. So. Yeah. But I just remember uh, I was so upset because I knew the way Jarnell took one dribble and Jordan Morgan took the yeah. took the shoulder, and as the second dribble he fell right over. I was like, he was playing that the whole time. He wanted, to, he was gonna. I couldn't believe they called. It was what thirty seconds, yeah, fifteen seconds left in the game. Yep, it it's was like, the game. There's no doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. What it's amazing you you bring up Spike, and it's amazing that the world of college basketball sometimes how small it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, you, you've you been able to experience different spots, different teams through your dad. And then coming here to play for us, like you mentioned, then you cross paths with a guy that you vividly remember from one of your dad's teams. Yep. Does that – do you feel like you have probably more connections to some other guys in our locker room? Like, if you're down in the locker room talking with our guys, mm-hmm. do certain names come up? You're like, oh, yeah, I knew him or I know him or things like that.
1: Um, definitely towards the end. The NBA scene tour now because obviously Michael Porter Jr. just won NBA championship. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Brown's becoming like a premier yeah. player. Yeah, uh, Josh Richardson obviously has been in the league for a long time. So it's like players that I know that I met. Um, at Cal Tyrone Ross played in the played with the Coopers in and out. He's overseas now. So it's like um, I know the guys that they're talking about like guys who are carved out a pretty good spot in the league. So it's like whenever they mention it, I always root for them. Like, I always root for the Celtics, I always root for the nuggets. Or, Josh Bridges on the heat. I'll root for the heat now because, like, I just want to see those guys do well because, like, I know them. I've had, like, personal connections with these people. So it's like.
0: Have you ever ever had a situation where somebody says, like, oh, that dude doesn't play any D or, like, Dog's one of the guys that you know, and then you're just kind of sitting there like,
1: well, I kind of know that dude. (laughs) Yeah, he's my guy. Yeah. No, I mean, no. uh, Michael Porter Jr. gets some flack for uh, <laughs> shooting the ball. Yeah. Shooting the ball. I was, like, I was like, oh, he's really good at it. I mean, so he, he shoots 40% from three, 6'10". And I was like, why not shoot the ball? And then uh, Jalen Brown gets uh, – hes they they make fun of him because he turns it over a little bit. I was like, uh, I mean, when you have the ball in your hand that much, I mean, you're sharing basically 50 – not 50-50, but most of the share of the ball mm-hmm. is uh, you and Jason Tatum. So – when you have the ball that much, it's like obviously you're gonna maybe turn it over sometimes. Sometimes he gets flacked for that.
0: Yeah. So um, you guys are in Cal a couple years. Three. Three again. Mm-hmm. Now see, that's now that's I'm a wondering. culture shock. Yeah,
2: that's what you talked about, Chase Missouri State to Knoxville. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, Knoxville yeah. to Berkeley Here would have been a much bigger culture shock. Yeah. But I don't know. You tell. You tell us.
1: That's different because um in Tennessee it's like yeah, all different ways of life I'd say uh, Missouri's more Midwestern now like cold you know small college town uh, Tennessee was shocking to me because it was like so invested into that college town like everything in Knoxville was about Tennessee
0: mm-hmm. yeah like yeah.
1: you were you were in Knoxville like you supported Tennessee it was, there was no really questions about it right and like people grew up in Knoxville they'd stay in Knoxville they go to Tennessee then they have kids in Knoxville it's like the, people stayed in Knoxville it's like everybody was about Tennessee so, and, um, but, I, and you know, you hear stories about California, how, like, it's a nice place, how it's, like, uh, Katy Perry, that song, California Girls the Girls Are pretty Out There. It's like, like oh, my oh, oh. That should be cool. So I you mean, were excited. <laughs> Let's go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I didn't know what to expect because, obviously, all I heard about California is from songs. I don't think we'd actually been out there for, like, a trip or anything at that point. So we go out there, and it's a lot different than I thought it would be. Because the Bay Area is a very diverse, diverse, densely packed area. And San Francisco's pretty densely packed. Um, Oakland's pretty densely packed. It's a super diverse area. Like, um, you'll see a lot of everything. You see a lot of Asians, whites, blacks, Hispanics, um, Indian. So it's like you get a lot of everything out there. And it, uh, parts of California are so different because the Bay Area is. A really dense like a uh, diverse area and LA is such a like um premier like commercial Yeah, yeah, commercial area I went to we've been to LA and then like you drive an hour west and you're at the beach and you drive two hours east and you're in the mountains so it's like it was definitely a cool place to be at you know you just get it's just different you know it's like that's the only way you could really describe it. it's just different Every, everything's different there's not really like chain restaurants out there it's more like mom and pop shops are like Local restaurants have done well. Yeah, and then traffic's horrible. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, traffic is horrible. If you want to get anywhere, you have to plan two hours ahead.
0: Yeah. Uh, So what was the what was the worst part of the transition from living in Tennessee to to Berkeley?
1: Uh, probably leaving leaving my friends again. That's always probably like the underlying thing. It's like you know. Again, like I said, it like at that point in time, I'm in sixth grade. So you start building like real relationships with people, like meaningful relationships with people, and then it's like to be ripped away from it again. It's just like oh, it's hard. I have to do this again. It's like you know you don't really, even if you're good at meeting people, you don't really want to sure start those new uh, relationships. But I'd say California was definitely interesting because um, and it's just uh, it was the first time I've been around so many different people of different ethnicities. You know. That was different for me. Got not a
0: lot of diversity down there in Knoxville.
1: Not, not a lot of diversity in Knoxville. A lot of, a lot of diversity in, uh, Springfield, Missouri, but a lot of diversity in uh, Berkeley, California, Piedmont, California. It was a lot yeah. of diversity. So um, that was interesting, and um, the weather was really nice all yeah. year round. Yeah. So that that was a plus. I really knew you get you can get by with shorts or sweatpants the whole year. It got as cold as maybe fifty degrees. It got it. It got pretty hot. at a certain point of the year, like I get around a hundred for maybe a week, but for the most part, it just bounced between that 50 and 75 degree range the whole year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. Yeah. And it didn't rain too much.
0: Do you feel like moving as much as you did when you made that move from Tennessee to California, was it harder because you're like, God, again, or was it easier because you'd been through it before and knew what to expect?
1: I think that one was harder. Just because the relationships I had started building At that point Were more meaningful to me Yeah You know because like And when you're a kid Like second and third grade It's like you have friends And stuff like that But like I feel like once you start To mature more Into that little teenage years It's like Some of these relationships Are actually Like mean something Sure me. mm-hmm. we're So absolutely. It's like I feel like I'm being Ripped away from it It's like And you feel like You have stuff going for you Like um, I don't know I, always, I was doing well in school I was doing well in basketball At that point in time In Tennessee So it's like I had a lot of friends. Um, there's cute girls down there. It's like, man, mm-hmm. it's like I'm being ripped away from stuff. I had, like, a really close friends at that point. So it's like I think that was harder for me than Springfield just because the the people side meant more to me. So. Yeah.
0: And Cal had really struggled uh, before your dad got there. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned some of the players he was able to recruit. You guys had some good teams. You kind of get things going. Now you go from a place where the whole town is obsessed with not only the university but I would say probably more so well I don't think it's probably more so the athletic teams yeah to a place where it's a school oh and by the way, we have athletics. <laughs> no. yeah. is that fair to say yeah. that's, yeah. that's, definitely, that's yeah. definitely
1: the atmosphere around there because Berkeley is obviously a top three public university in the US. obviously it's got great engineering program, got great mathematics law school. So they have a great a lot of they're in the upper echelon as far upper echelon as far as academics go in the United States. So they're not concerned about really how well their sports do, and that's. It, it, I feel like it's kind of hurt them over the years because sure. their football team they've had good football teams. They obviously got a lot like Marshawn Lynch and Aaron Rodgers. They had Jared Goff. I remember Jared Goff was there when we were there. Okay. So they've had good players and they had decent teams, but they can't. It's hard to have. I think Stanford's run into this problem, too. It's like, it's hard to keep good talent. Because, like, how many kids are you going to get with above a 30 ACT, above, like, a 3.5 GPA coming to high school that takes sports really seriously? Right, mm-hmm. right. Yep. It's like, it's not that, not that these kids are not are incapable of it. It's just, like, it's a hard demand. Like, not everybody, not, whether they choose to or not, is, can apply themselves to the fullest extent of both academics and sports. If they're really trying to, if sports is their outlet to getting, out of a tough situation, if I'm, why would I invest myself in, to the academic side when I get into a, a Kentucky or like a, a Louisville or a Texas? Like the, those schools that are easy to get into that have performed well in sports rather than a school that's like uh, performs well, very well academically and is good or so every couple of years.
0: Right. And- you make a great point because I think sometimes people that are on the outside or maybe not invested in sports may not understand that concept, but if you're a talented young athlete and you are a surefire professional, you know, you can go get a degree at any point. Yeah. Uh, your body is only, you know, viable in the sporting world for so long and so why wouldn't you go to a program where maybe you can devote a little bit more time to your athletic pursuits and yeah. not have to be in a library, you know, 10 hours a day to keep up academically? I, don't, I think some people would have a disconnect with that, but yeah. you, I think you stated pretty well that, uh, you know, you can, this is your path, and everybody mm-hmm. obviously has a different path. So, Okay,
2: so you go from watching games in Thompson Bowling Arena with 20-plus thousand <laughs> to, like, how many were
1: showing up for Cal home games? Um, Chase and his mom and his sister <laughs> <Yeah>. and about <laughs> they, four other people. They actually, they actually pulled decent crowds because, obviously, Jared Goff had been talked about as being like a top ten draft pick, and they were actually won some games uh, the years I was there. So they actually pulled, like, decent crowds. I'd say, like, 75% capacity. Yeah. It's probably, like, What about for basketball? Same? Yeah, probably 75 Even when they were really good. Like, my uh, dad's second year when they got Jalen, Ivan Rabb. Thought they were gonna get biggie, but he ended up going to Purdue. <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah, we we might, you might not be here if you guys would have got biggie. <laughs> and, um, yeah, good but, point. but they were, um, they were really good that year, and then for the most part, the crowd started to fill out a little bit more that year because obviously they, they knew they were good, yeah. But at the same time, it still wasn't like, um, it is here, like even even through Purdue's ups and downs, the fans had been consistent, yeah, yeah. Every, I mean, every year I've been here, every game I've been at home, is a sellout, so yeah. it's like. And they didn't know how we'd be last year sell out every game, and yeah, like, I mean we ended up being as good as we were, uh, my sophomore year they knew we were good, so sell out, and this year they're gonna know we we're good again, so it's sell out so but it's like I feel like the support here is different, like they they show up no matter what, and Calperkley, it's like that's there's so much to do out there that sports isn't necessarily like up uh, top tier thing like to attraction, I mean, like you have Silicon Valley. I mean, you have uh, Golden Gate Bridge, you have the mountains, like I told you, two hours away, Beach in L.A., six hours south. So it's like, there's so much you can do. Why am I focusing on, like, a right. academic schools, sports teams? Yeah,
0: and, you know, here, when the weather gets crummy, yeah. well, hey, let's go find a gym. Yeah, let's get inside. You know, out there, yeah. the weather's not crummy, yeah, so like, you can be outside.
1: You can be outside. You can do whatever you want. It's like, and in California, it's like, there's a lot of sports that have a like soccer is really popular out there lacrosse is really popular out there mm-hmm. so it's like uh, rugby is pretty popular out there so it's not it's not necessarily like basketball or football is your main attraction i mean obviously those are big money sports and they have a lot of sports teams professional sports teams out there but there's a lot of people invest in a lot of other areas and it's it's not your main focus as to what a college town would be so
0: with all these moves what are what sports what professional sports teams are
1: your teams? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I really haven't necessarily a professional sports team that I follow well, through and through. I like LeBron a lot so I'll usually support his team like he's on the Lakers now but as far as NFL wise, I don't really have a team. I just like watching it casually and then like antagonizing people who do have a fa- <laughs> favorite sports scene. Like I know Carson loves the Cowboys so I'll antagonize them about it every time they get a loss and Ethan <laughs> likes Pittsburgh and they've been down a little bit these last couple of years so it's fun getting that in but it's like uh i just watch uh as far as football i watch pretty casually and just like uh, making fun of people <laughs> we'll get into that in a
0: minute your role on this team because you you do that very very well <laughs> uh, so then you move uh one more move in your belt you guys go from berkeley to columbia missouri mm-hmm. uh your dad grew up in, in east st louis so a move that's fairly close to home but as close to home as you can get at a big level like that yeah. Uh, so talk us through yet another time moving and, and another big move across you know yeah. all the way across the country
1: so this one wasn't as hard on me I, I, I just had a general I don't know maturity about the move at that point because I was like I get why he did it Yeah. it was less more of like he was doing it to me at that point rather he's doing it for my family yeah. So it's like I had a ge- more general maturity. It's like, and I still had those meaningful relationships because I had matured from being a sixth grader and we left when I was in ninth grade. So I had I, I better mature. I, I I, would say I was a little bit mature. I wouldn't say by any means I was super mature as a ninth grader, but I understood more of what it was about and why he did it. It still hurt because, like, obviously, I still had those. You, you Over the three-year period, I built meaningful relationships with people at my school on my basketball team. So it's like... um it was still hard, but it, it, it didn't hurt as much as it as the previous two then because I just had it. I understood more. It made more it made more sense to me. Like I can I could make sense of why he did what he did.
0: Was your high school coach, Matt, losing a player? Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I was actually um I was doing I had done pretty well in my uh eighth grade in the freshman year. I'd gone to a couple of Elite camps out in California. I I done pretty well. Like uh you know Ryan Silver. Yeah. Yeah. I'd gone to a couple of these yeah. camps. Wouldn't make like the Rising Stars team. So it's like I I'd, I'd been doing pretty well. I was playing. Uh, I'd play. This was the year I actually had surgery on my leg, but going in the summer I played with varsity on summer and I was like the first freshman to do that in five six years. Hmm. So it's like I I was doing pretty well for myself. I was. I was playing well, playing at a high level. So that was, that was tough. And knowing, knowing I had to move was also tough too. Cause like um, uh, my high school team ended up being pretty good towards the of Once uh, they were seniors, my grade was seniors. They would made a um, sectional finals or something and lost in sectional finals. So at, at that point in time, they are pretty good. So it's like, it kind of, you kind of think like, oh, what could we have been if I had stayed? Mm. Yeah. I've always
2: thought, I, I ask guys that are sons of coaches this all the time, Chase, so I certainly need to ask you, do you feel any pressure as the son of a coach when you make a move from one high school to another, from one city to another, to be really good at basketball, to be the best player on the team? Because from the outside perception, uh, from the outside that is the perception, oh, this guy's the son of a coach, He'll, he's going to be the best player we have. Do you feel that internal pressure or, is this, or, or No.
1: I never really thought of it like that, to be honest. I never thought of it as, like, because my dad's this, I have to be this. Yeah. More, more of, like, because if, if you know me, you know I have a lot of confidence in myself and how I play on the basketball court. So it was less of, like, um, oh, I, my dad's this, I have to be this. It was like, I know I'm this. So it's, like, mm-hmm. I, can, I can be whoever I – I mean, like, what I need to be on the court. I had a little bit of confidence issues coming back from an injury where I was – where I didn't play my entire freshman year. So – that hurt a little bit, but, like, at the same time, it's like um, I was confident in myself. Well, I didn't feel pressured to be something just because of how successful my dad was as a player or how he's been as a coach. I just felt like more of I just need to be myself, really.
0: That's good. And I think uh, knowing your mom and dad, I think they probably do a, have done a good job of, w- with all three of you, making sure that you guys knew you're your own person and, you know, you got your own kind of life to live. Okay, so Missouri, you're back uh, in the Midwest, um, and now you're in high school. So now you're, as you mentioned, you're playing. Um, did you have a moment where you're like, all right, I'm going to try to play at the college level? Did you always know that? Was there a, a moment where you had to
1: kind of make a decision? I know I wanted to, but I didn't. It was wasn't really a confirmation for me until like I started doing pretty well in AU and I'd get calls from like coaches, mostly Ivy League schools. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, this is cool, man." I was like they know I, they like they know I'm good at uh, academics and like obviously I'm playing well enough for them to call me. So I was like, mm-hmm. "This is cool," because I, I I did pretty well in AU. I do well during school year just because usually I was one of the most athletic guys on the court. So it's like that helps in high school because not everybody. I mean, in high school, it's much more saturated as far as the type of the players you're gonna get. So not everybody's gonna be that athletic or even athletic at all. So having that was definitely an advantage, and so being able to dominate in that way was good for me. And so yeah, I, at that point, I was like, when I started getting calls from texts from coaches, like wanting to talk to me, want me to go to their league camps, visit campus, that was that was cool for me. I was like, yeah, I don't have to. It's like it's not just, and they they even call me. They wouldn't even know who my dad was. They just called yeah. me just cause like how I played. Yeah, that's great. It was cool for me.
0: I never really thought about this, but at what...
1: How and at
0: what point does it get out that like, hey, this kid's got really good grades and he could make it in the Ivy League? And then how does that kind of spread like fire? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It was more so of... um, So my AU coach was actually pretty good at like connecting with people. Okay. So they... Like if an AU... And they would... They did pretty well to promote their players. I played on what's now MPJ Elite, so Michael Porter Jr. actually renamed the team. But at, at one point in time, we were on the a gauntlet as uh, Carroll Elite, so DeMar Carroll. Yeah. So, but our coach did a pretty good job promoting us. And like, he would, um, uh, if coach contacted he'd be like, all right, uh, he's a high-level academic guy or stuff like that. So it's like I guess at that point, he like he just did a good job promoting us. Yeah,
0: that's which is great, mm-hmm. which is absolutely great because I'm sitting here thinking if I'm an Ivy League coach, how the heck? I mean, it, your job is so hard. Or if you're at a place like Stanford or yeah, places yeah. like that, you know, you have a a, sh- a shrunk pool of kids you can get. Yeah, and so like obviously the kids who are in the top hundred. Uh, that kind of gets out there. Who's you know who's going to be able to make it at one of those kind of places? But yeah. for a lot of the Ivy League, you know, they, they don't get a lot of top hundred guys. So, like, how do you find out? And, and credit to your coach for yeah. help getting you out there. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts of like mm, I could see myself yeah. walking across Princeton or Brown or one of those places?
1: Yeah, I got contacted by Brown and Dartmouth. They were talking to me the most. I went to Har- visit Harvard and um, went to Princeton's league camp. Princeton wasn't so hot on me just because they had already guys they were looking at before me. But I had done I did well at their league camp. They said they'd keep in touch, just, like, watch my game, stuff like that. But it was mostly Dartmouth and Brown were recruiting me the hardest like, as far as, like, keeping in touch, like, talking to me. And I saw their campuses. It's like And it's different because most of those campuses are in, like, bigger cities like um, Penn's in Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Yale was actually in – I forgot what city that is in – Uh, it was in new hampshire new new haven connecticut yeah new haven Connecticut. Yeah, yeah we visit yale Brown's, harvard's in uh boston brown's in providence rhode Rhode island yeah big cities it's it's weird because like you'll just be driving down the street in providence and oh here's brown's campus (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. you're you're in uh boston oh here's harvard's campus right across from mit so yeah it was different like seeing those campuses it was cool because like how many Smart people have gone there, so I know that <laughs> a lot of yeah. history. Yeah. Absolutely, right.
0: So when you were making those visits, was it one of those things where, like, obviously you're looking at the basketball, you're meeting with coaches, but mm. how much? What was the balance between that and academics? Like, how much did that
1: intrigue you as well? Uh it was pretty intriguing because I I knew I kind of want to do engineering because I uh, I was I've always been good at math and science, so I, I was like I'll oh, I'll try engineering, and mostly schools have top of notch engineering programs, like Purdue does too. It, uh, for mechanical engineering, which I mean now it's top five but like a um, Princeton and Harvard are like one through three pretty much annually so it's like um, it was like it wasn't daunting to say the least I mean to, to but kind of to an extent like it kind of gives you off this like you have to be smart to yeah, do well here kind of thing. Was it
0: intimidating? Were you kinda. were you like, oh boy, if I get in here, am I going to be in over my head? Yeah,
1: that's it. was kind of like um cuz I knew I knew how much of a commitment basketball is cuz obviously I've been around college basketball my sure entire um, life. So was like, will I be able to stay on top of the work which I do which I do care about and uh, perform at a level that I that's meaningful to our team, like keep on stay on top on work and also be a basketball player that I want to be so, absolutely
0: so. um so ultimately you decide to come here to walk on mm-hmm. and how how tough a decision was it at the end
1: it was um so I didn't really know what I wanted to do at uh, a certain point as it was COVID but I had, I didn't know that the schools uh um Ivy schools weren't gonna have school my freshman year Oh, so that's so right. I, was like, that's right. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do a year at home, being at home and then do my entire freshman year at home. is like tough academic work I had to do all, all from home, and then I wouldn't even be on campus, and we wouldn't do basketball for a year. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Like, right. Obviously, I could go practice at Mizzou or something like that, but it's different than being in like sure. a team sitting. It's absolutely. Because like, you're like a, basically you're a year behind than everybody else. So, yeah, that was uh, that was – a big factor, and it was pretty far away at that point in time. We lived in Columbia, Missouri, and most of those schools are far east coast. So I was like, I don't know if I really want to go out there, spend a year at home, and then go out there, and not really sure what it's gonna be like, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, you decided to
0: come here and walk on, and uh, uh, safe to say, happy with
1: the way things have gone. The decision you made. Yeah it's it's been it's been a good experience for me. These uh, last three years, going on four. As we've done a lot of winning since I've been here I've met a lot of people and we've had good teams so and good guys so I have had a good experience that I've been in so i I don't regret what I did and I've actually am happy with what I did
0: well not many guys have come through here and got an engineering degree and you're on yeah. track to do that um you're you're kicking butt in uh in that um i I will tell our listeners I see chase in the lounge players lounge downstairs quite often yeah uh, with a book opened up and uh Sometimes the calculator's sitting there and, and working on stuff far more than, uh, than most of the guys, <laughs> I will say that. So uh, I can attest that I see him putting the work in on the academic side for sure. And uh, see you a lot in uh, Cardinal Gym as well. Yeah. Shooting all the time. You've got a pretty uh, strict routine that you stick with.
1: Yeah, so i tell you, um, I, I, I hold basketball and academics to pretty high importance to me. So I'm not gonna slack off all my academic stuff just because st- stuff gets hard. I guess it has been hard, cause uh, like I said before, Purdue engineering's whatever engineering discipline you get at Purdue, it's 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 highly rated. It's a top program, so it's gonna require it's required a lot of work out of me. So that's been tough at times, just cause the way the season rolls out, we have times where we're on all the time, and times where we don't really get a break. So it's like times where I don't really get to study a lot for tests, which are pretty hard, and then times where I, like I have to crunch to like. Meet deadlines and assignments. Times where I spend like, why don't get to sleep at a good time? I go to bed like three or four in the morning because I ha- I have to get it done. While we might have six a.m. walkthrough the next day or later that day, so it's like it's required a lot of me and a lot of discipline, a lot of focus. It's like, but I wouldn't really regret it because it's, I mean, it teaches you stuff. It, like it it help, it helps you, because like if you're gonna, if you choose to do something, you should do it to your fullest extent. I shouldn't I I shouldn't half ass. Engineering, because obviously, uh, the rigor of this program and at this school, it's like you're not gonna do well if you just half-ass it. Nor should I half-ass doing basketball, because I'm here to help the team. So it's like if I just half-ass it, go through the motions, not really present, don't really understand what's going on. Like, what am I really bringing to the team? You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
0: That's very well said, my yep. guy. And yeah. uh, you you do bring a lot. And I want to tell our listeners too. So when Chase got here, uh, didn't wasn't very vocal but you've made up for that in a big way the last couple years. Chase has gone from being a guy that didn't say a whole lot to now a guy who chimes in on a lot of things, a lot of topics. And I bet if you polled our guys, I would bet we have 17 players. I would bet that a majority of those guys would say he's probably the funniest guy on our team. Uh, And lightens the mood for sure. I don't think there's anybody in our our locker room that doesn't get along with him. Um, and that stuff like that's important. Like, you gotta want to be able to show up and walk in that locker room and hang out on that lounge and like being there. Mm-hmm. And I' safe to say that we've got a a team and a in a locker room where guys like showing up and spending time with each other.
1: Yeah, because I think I think that's important. Just because if you you don't you don't really get along with your teammates or you don't have like good atmosphere, it's hard to play with somebody that you don't really get along with. Right. So it's like if you if it's more of a like cohesive like fun environment like you guys get along with each other you guys can hang out with each other it's it's easier like you're gonna trust that guy more on the court so that's how I really approach that's really how I've always been wherever I go I'll be with people I know and people who like who know me I'm pretty outgoing i pretty I'll tell jokes I I'll tell like quick on the fly jokes snippy yeah I like I like yeah. to make fun of guys or just yeah <laughs> like just be on the fly so it's like keep keep dudes laughing and make, like... Basically, like, sometimes uh, Coach Paint and PJ say, like, make your hard work fun. Like, yeah. you we should be able to work hard. Like, we're in here a lot. We're in Mackey a lot. We're in Cardinal a lot. But be able to have fun while we're doing work but also still getting something done. So, it's it's more of that's the approach I uh, go by is, like, you know, just have fun with everything we do. Have fun with each other. Because, like, there's time in this season where it's going to be tough. St- stuff's going to be tough. But we have to, like keep that, like we might have a loss, tough loss, or we might be going through like a rough patch where you have a couple bad practices, streaming. It's like you just like keep it like light, you know? Yeah. And get, not everything, it's just basketball at the end of the day. It's a, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, losing the game or having a couple bad practices and just mainly just being there for guys, you know, cause some guys struggle with the mental part of it. And like making making sure you're there for them and making sure you like, you know, you, you, you see them and like, uh, I like to care for him really. I know, just being being a good guy is really all it boils down to.
0: I think that's something that has changed since Coach Painter first got here. I think early on, a lot of us were hesitant to give off the side of us that like the goofy side, or like yeah, you know sure. that we're enjoying it because right. you feel like, well, we got to work. You got to put your head down and be serious at work, and you can't you can't let anybody show that like we're having fun doing this because then they're going to think that we're not working hard. Mm -hmm. And in reality, who who cares what anybody on the outside thinks? Like we're in here daily, and so you have to make sure that, as you said, you're enjoying it or kind of what's the point? And I think that we've come full circle in that regard, and that's some of at the end of the day. When we have former players that come back to campus, the things I remember the most, everybody remembers wins and things like that, and that's great. But you remember all those stories from the road or the locker room or things like that, and I'm sure you've racked up multiple stories <laughs> yeah. over the last three yeah, years. It's
1: just, yeah, More, yeah, just more so creating those memories with each other. Because, like, uh, that's most of the things that I remember whenever I talk to my friends from California, Tennessee, Missouri. It's just, like, the fun times we had together. Like, sure, we won. Games when we played basketball, it's like remember like the bus rides to St. Louis, telling all the jokes, or having rap battles in the back of the bus. It's like that's those that's the stuff that really sticks with you. It's like the good times, yet because everybody wants to win, obviously. But at the end of the day, it's like is it does is winning really matter if you don't like the guy next to you? Like like mm, great how great point? Am I gonna really come back for our ten year reunion if I don't like any of the guys who are with me? I was yeah. like I was like sure we won two Big Ten championships. But it's like, man, I don't really like those dudes. Yeah, <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's a great point.
2: Yeah. It's a great point. It is really well good. one
0: more before we get to our final four questions here. We're as we tape this, we are on the eve of uh opening uh the home slate with an exhibition game and looking ahead at the twenty twenty three, twenty four season. So as we sit here on the on the verge of kicking this thing off, uh what are your thoughts just on the upcoming season? How excited are you to, to kind of go through this journey with those guys in that locker room?
1: I'm, I'm actually pretty excited because um I think I think we'll we'll do what we did last year as far as the regular season goes and dominate the pre uh, preseason before conference and dominate conference again I think we'll get another big Ten championship I don't really think I think the only team that I think Michigan state has a great team but I, I just I just believe in our I believe in coach paints like game plans I believe in the guys that we have whenever I like really think about it I was like what can these guys the guys we're going against really do to stop what we're doing and like the things that they do, I don't think will work as well as like the things that Coach Payne has laid out for us. I really, I've really, i really had that belief in these past two seasons where we won, what, the most games in Purdue basketball year, yeah. yesterday in the season? Yeah, seasons. 58 wins, yeah. It's like, going into games, is just like, I don't believe that the other team could do something that would be better than what we're doing. So that's that's kind of the mindset I have going into every game, just because of the talent we have in the locker room and the coach we have. So I was like, I feel like we're going to do what we need to do in the regular season. And I do feel like we're going to make that push in the postseason because we, we have the talent to be in the national championship game to win the national championship so it's like i don't it'd be selling ourselves short to say that we'd do anything less
0: i like that answer okay uh we always end these podcasts with the final four there are four questions that are kind of uh random questions for you we'll start here with chase martin on episode 93 first question in the final four is what is your go-to music of choice
1: go to me like genre or just song
0: either one favorite artist favorite genre whatever you prefer
1: you know I, I i get this comment a lot that my music taste is pretty um obscure like i'll listen to all types of music i'll listen to alternative i'll listen to um pop i'll listen to r&b i'll listen to rap it's just more of like what i'm feeling because i a lot of, my parents did a good job of like playing a lot of 90s R&B, a lot of early 2000s R&B, so I fall, mm. fall in love with that kind of music. Okay. And then like rap, I like some of the rappers uh, nowadays like Drake and um, uh, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, I like listening to that. But also I found like really popular pop song and alternative songs in the early 2010s, like late 2000s. I actually like really like, like, um, mm. like Paramore, the band Paramore, I, I like mm. their music. Um, I like Linkin Park a lot. Okay. I remember Rock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like Linkin Park a lot. Like stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Just like music, Like I don't know. Just, do you listen
0: to music when you study or do you have to be locked in?
1: I don't really listen to music when I study because I'll yeah. find myself listening more to a song than anything. Correct. Yeah. I, I'm the yeah. same way. Yeah. I could do yeah. that. Yeah. Me neither. No, Can't do it. Yeah. If I, but if I had a go to artist, i say Kanye West because I just like his music. I mean, it's like the, the way he. I don't know, like the confidence he has in his songs and like the way he rhymes. It's just like, it, he wasn't really like uh, he kind of came out of nowhere when he uh, went to Rock Nation. So it's like, and I just like the his his music. I was like, I just I think it's cool.
0: So you picked up a lot of things in all your travels. Didn't pick up any country from Knoxville. I
1: was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah. No Waylon Jennings. Or... <laughs> I will I will listen to the occasional country song because I I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a country music fan, but I do like some of uh, the country music. Like, I'll listen to some Morgan Wallen songs. Um, mm, yeah. I've listened to some Bailey Zimmerman. A Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker is probably one of my favorite songs. Okay. That was that was really popular when I was uh, in Knoxville. Wagon Wheel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Okay,
0: question two here on the final four is, what is your favorite book of all time or maybe a good book that you've read recently?
1: Favorite book of all time? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because I've had to read so much just for school. Yeah. Like they, they just yeah. force us to read books. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you my favorite. I I can't tell you all the books I've read because I've read so much just from school. But a book I've read recently, I've actually almost done reading the Bible. I've been doing it the entire year. Just really? I'll read like 15, 20 minutes a day. Just read the Bible. And I'll be done probably... Right in the middle of December, I'll be done. Wow! Yeah, Old okay.
2: Testament and New Testament, start to finish. Yep. Wow, that's a lot of reading.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you jumped in on that, Rob. I, it's, uh, that that's was Greek. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you start that process?
1: January third.
2: Okay. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> that is impressive. It's a lot of words. Yep. On top of your studies for mechanical engineering
1: uh, it works because i just do 15 20 minutes you'll have
2: night. to coach me up sometime on yeah. the road this year
0: <laughs> need yeah. some lessons okay question three here on the final four if you could wave a wand and do any profession in the world starting tomorrow other than basketball, other what, than would basketball. It, what would it
1: be other than basketball i'd probably i'd probably be a ceo of some sorts a ceo of a company because the reason I think that is I feel like um, I could be a good leader just to, from the way I can mm. connect with people. I, I I think I get, like, emotions pretty well. Like, I can sense what people are feeling pretty well. But I'm also good to the point where I, the things I say or the things I think, I really, like, process them. Like, why do I think this? Or why am I doing this the way I, I do. I think Coach Paint alludes to it sometimes when he talks about the, why he does the things he does for game plans. Like, I want to truly believe what I do and then be able to explain why I do what I do. So it's like if I felt like if I was in a CEO leadership position, I'd be able to acquire that information and be able to explain it to others while also being like personal and being like kind of a servant leader, which um, uh, Bible talks about a lot, being a servant leader, serving others while leading, you know, because everybody wants to be like a leader, but not right. everybody knows how to do it.
0: I think you make a good point of self awareness. How many people do you know that are in charge places have no self awareness and you yeah. hear them speak and you're just shaking your head going, Do you have any idea yeah, how you yeah. sound or what you're talking about right now? Like, that's a great point. I never really thought about that as being like a, uh, I've never, at least if I thought, I've never verbalized or thought, like, identified it. But self awareness as being a leader is, boy, it's crucial. Yeah. That's a really good observation by you. And good that you know that you have it as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. Final question here on the Final Four. What is a little-known fact or maybe something that no one knows about Chase Martin?
1: Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't keep too many secrets in the box. Um I don't know, I was really good at playing the recorder back in uh, elementary school. I was like, I was really good. <laughs> wow. You were just wailing on <laughs> old hot cross buns, weren't you? you <laughs> I, 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 learned to, I learned how to play Ode to Joy um, and yeah. Ode to Joy on the recorder. Really? Yeah, I was actually really good at the recorder. Was it Beethoven? Yeah. I, I was like, I, I, I was actually really good because we'd, we'd have like practices in school and then they'd offer like going early in the morning to so get like, and I go because I was like pretty good at it. And I, wow. I actually learned how to play like a lot of songs on the recorder. The Man, recorder if I would have known that ahead of time, we would have had you brought it yeah, in. Yeah, I could have brought one could've in. Done,
0: yeah, a little recorder stuff. That's
2: outstanding.
1: I think everybody, I don't, do they still do recorders? In at schools? elementary
2: school age, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I remember that was pretty standard, like all elementary Yeah, all yeah. in music class. Yes. Absolutely. Did you go on to learn another instrument? I didn't. My no? okay. my brother plays the violin, but I, I wow. that's something I probably want to pick up after whatever I choose to do in the future. I wanna either learn like the guitar or the piano. I feel yeah. like those are good instruments to learn. Yeah. I would love
0: to jump on a piano sometime and really just spend a lot of time. That would be that would be a lot of fun,
2: I think. Well, full disclosure, during COVID. I bought one of those like two hundred and fifty dollar electric pianos, and I've learned like four songs, so I'm pretty impressed with myself. There you go. All yes. right, including was... "Amazing Grace." That's like my uh, that's my top right. go-to. Now, do you do like organ style, or do you no, do you... no? Yeah. Well, I can because you yeah. have a button yeah. you can switch so, piano casio? or organ. Yeah, the Casio. <laughs> so sometimes organ style, but rarely. Wow. Yeah. Now do you sing a... along? I'm not a very good singer. <laughs> I do sing along, but you yeah. wouldn't want to hear that part. Actually, wouldn't want to hear the piano part, but. <laughs>
0: Sounds like me in the basement with my stuff. That's the same thing. Okay. Well, uh, that was episode 93 here with Chase Martin. Chase, thanks uh, so much for taking time. Um, Really enjoyed kind of getting to know your journey and everything. And uh, best of luck this senior year. Uh, You're going to finish up this year with uh, at least a a couple rings, uh, a big-time engineering degree, and hopefully more uh, as you walk out these doors. Yep. So thanks for taking taking a moment here to join Rob and I.
1: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: All right, that's episode 93 here on the uh, Boilerball Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good
2: night, everyone.